Good morning. I am glad that you're here this morning. This is the last Sunday of the month of May. Man, we have been apart for now, uh, really most of March, all of April, and all of May. And in one week, next Sunday morning, during this time, we'll be together. Uh, I know that there's a lot of people still concerned about coming together, and that's all right. Um, But we want to invite you because we're going to be there. Uh, It'll be uh, from 1030 until noon, hour and a half at the most. Uh, and, and I want to encourage you to watch it, even if you're not there, because as we stay connected, you'll see, uh, we'll, we'll try to have the cameraman kind of uh, show you pictures of who's there and all that. But, but if you can, there's something about the uh, synergy of being together during worship and all that. And uh, I, I hope you're able to watch worship this morning. Lisa always does a great job, and I appreciate all the worship team has done during this time to come together and lead us into worship, even if it is through a recording or a a streaming of that production. Man, thank you so much, uh, Lisa and the worship team, for that worship today. This morning, before we begin, as I do every Sunday, I want to remind you uh, to continue to give online. You know, you can drop it off at the church, put it in the mailbox, you can mail it in, or the third way is go online and give. Uh, it, it's at chapelassembly.org. And up in the top right, it'll say online giving. Click on that and then just create an account. Once you've done that, as I've said last week, it was it's easy and you'll want to continue to do that. It's just an easy way to do it. Um, this morning, uh, May 31st, last Sunday, um, the title of my message is Look Around. Sometimes we get so focused on something or on our life that we do things out of habit so many times that we're missing the things around us. Uh, You know, I I saw kind of a cartoon one time about a man and he's walking to work and, and he's going by a burning building and he's going by a car wreck and he's going by all these things and he gets home or he gets to work and somebody says, how's your day gone so far? And he goes, eh, nothing exciting has happened. He missed everything because he was so focused on just getting to work. A lot of times, if we're not careful, we fall into that. This morning, I want to remind you just quickly that we're in the series, Treasure Field. And what we're saying is that the Holy Spirit inside of us gives us dunama power. That is the power, as we've talked about, the power that when the lady with issue of blood touches the hem of Jesus' garment, Jesus turns and says, who touched me? Because he had felt the dumina or the power, the virtue that left his body and healed that lady that had a, a, an issue in her blood for years. So this morning, as, as we continue on the series Treasure Field, I want to read the passage. And again, as you hear it, you're constantly hearing it and it's bringing to mind what we're going to talk about, the treasure field. The passage again says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought the field. The second verse is similar. They're running a parallel to the fact of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. Fine means awesome, good, top grade, uh, ikimoto, which is a fine pearl. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything that he had and bought it. 
Now, this morning, we've been talking kind of a different way of looking at it. Instead of the people that really appreciated and sold out everything that they have in order to buy the kingdom of heaven, to buy the, the treasure or the field or to buy the pearl, what about the people that overlooked the value of the field because they were unaware of the treasure that was in it? Or what about the person, let's say it's a lady that sold the pearl of great price because she didn't value it. I don't know if she had a lot of jewelry or she wasn't into jewelry or whatever, or the, the person that found it wasn't aware of the value and sold it to the merchant. This morning, what we've been talking about through this whole series is if we're not careful, we do not value what is actually under our feet. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about Stinky Creek and how a man uh, had a smell in his creek and he, he went on to sell his farm for $833 because it stunk not to realize that the next guy bought the same farm and found out that the stink came because there was oil in the creek. And because of the oil, eventually, at the end of the story, he will have made $100 million because of the value of that oil right there that was under the feet of the guy that sold it for cheap. This, this morning, uh, sometimes when we get to this place, we begin to say, well, how will I know? How will I know if I have something of great price? I know that some of you have, maybe years ago, it was kind of a little bit more popular. It was called the Antique Roadshow. And these people would come in with, you know, maybe a trinket or a, a vase or a watch or something that maybe a grandfather had given them or it had been up in an attic or something. And they brought it in and they gave it to an appraiser to look at and to give a value to it. Now, most of the things that were brought in, they thought it had maybe sentimental value, but they didn't know if it had any value at all. They might have sold it at a yard sale for cheap. But after this show, they would never have sold it for what they thought it was worth because they valued it more. And the way that they valued it more is because an appraiser, somebody that knew and could put a price on the value in, in today's dollars because he knew it, he would look at it and he would say, this is such and such. Did you know that? And a lot of times the owners would go, no, we didn't even know what it was. Or we didn't know the value. And he would go in to go, one of these sold at auctions for a gazillion dollars. And, and the people would go, are you kidding me? I never knew I had something of that much value. Someone that knew put a tag, a price tag on it. And all of a sudden it began or it became a, they became aware of that value. That's what we're talking about. God has put you in a place that sometimes it might not look like you have much. And what I realize is a lot of times you begin to say, you know, God, I, I don't see anything of value. But, but when God's Holy Spirit begins to reveal in us who we are and what we're doing, all of a sudden those things become as valuable as those people that took whatever they took to the antique roadshow to put value on it. Now, now this morning... During this time, as we, we've, we're kind of quarantined and, and we're in a place that we get to kind of do something different, maybe some of us have exercised more than what we've usually exercised, or, or maybe that we've uh, enjoyed things that we didn't have time for because we had more time on our hands. It's a time to reevaluate the things in our life and again, to bring to the, the top of the list the priorities things that little things maybe got our attention to try to keep us on those things versus the things of value like our families and our, our friends and those things. Now, 
a couple of weeks ago, I want to remind you that in Ephesians chapter 1, and Paul is saying to the early church of uh, Ephesus, he's saying, you know what, ever since I knew that you were a believer, I've been praying that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you might know him better. That, that's a way of saying that you might know that the Holy Spirit lives in you, that you might be able to listen, that you might have a relationship with him. And, and he goes on in verse 19 to say this, and so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, it's not being able to be even measured, the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, raising Christ from the dead. Now again, when you stop and think about it, that the power of the Holy Spirit raising Jesus from the dead, you go, that, that's extreme. That, that is an extreme demonstration of power. But God is saying through his word right here that that power is for us and in us. If you're a believer this morning and you were not aware of that, let me tell you that a lot of people, they, they, they pass it by. Just like the guy that's going to work and nothing really exciting happened today. They, they miss it because they do not realize or they have not allowed the Holy Spirit to speak to their life. They're ready to sell out. They're ready to say to somebody, you think what I have is a value? And the person says, yeah, you don't see it? So, so again, we are blessed you're blessed today. If you're not in a hospital and there's not a tube coming out of your nose, you are blessed. And you are blessed because you're going to go to heaven and you have an eternal life. You have hope and a future. You have a family that loves you. And let me tell you, sometimes you might be right where you are going, you know what, I don't even know if they love me. Come on. Don't allow that voice to speak over the voice that says, which is the Holy Spirit that says, yes, they do. I've put you in a place that you can show them love and you can experience it for yourself. Here's what I realize is a lot of people will do comparisons. You know, they go to Facebook and, and Facebook is so popular. It's, it's such a cultural thing right now that you can go to Facebook and you begin to look at those Valentine pictures of somebody, you know, sitting there at a restaurant with their wife or their, their boyfriend and their girlfriend. Or maybe you're single and you say, well, I don't have a boyfriend or I don't have a girlfriend. What, what's God doing in my life? You begin to compare because of those pictures. Or maybe you see pictures of vacations and you go, you know what? I, I, I can't go on a vacation like that. They must be doing something wrong. They must be cheating on their taxes. It begins to lead us to a place that's not good. You see them with the family and everybody's smiling and you go, well, my family don't smile together when we eat. And you begin to compare. Therefore, you don't value what you have. And pretty soon, if you're not careful, you don't look around, as the title of this series or this sermon, and you don't look around and see what God has blessed you. Now, come on. Before today's over, I want you to write out a list of all the things that are in your life, good, bad, and ugly. I, I want to challenge you to sit down, spend some time. Come on. What are you going to do? Put down your phone or, or maybe you need to uh, just, just spend some uh, time together, maybe in meditation. What is that? Just meditating on what has been preached this morning. But write down pros and cons of all your life. Allow the pros, allow the positive things to become alive in your life. Now this morning, the passage of Scripture, as we 
talk about in Isaiah chapter 30 through this series is blessed are those people that look and long and expect for the goodness of God in their life, for his victory. Everybody wants victory, hopefully. You don't want to walk around going, you know what, I'm looking for defeat. Anybody out there going to defeat? No. You look and long and expect, God's word says, for his love. Look at there, God's love is in my life. You look long and expect for his love, his joy, his peace, his kindness, his faithfulness, and his unmatchless companionship. When you begin to look long and expect for that, it's amazing where it shows up. Well, I want to show you a story about somebody that looked for the wrong things. And and out of that selfishness, it brought disaster on his life. The story is mentioned in Genesis chapter 13, verse 15, or verse 5. And it's a story about an uncle and a nephew. The uncle's name was Abraham, and the the, uh, nephew was Lot. And and some of you have heard about these guys. um, But let me remind you, and then we're going to bring a a spiritual truth from that that's going to be able to be applied to your life. It's already been applied to my life because I've I've been ahead of you in in writing this sermon and and listening to the Holy Spirit in my life. The, The story starts, it says that, you know, Lot is his nephew, Abraham's nephew, and they go on a journey because God has said, I want you to go uh, to a city, a place where I'm going to take you. He doesn't even know where he's going. Talk about faith. That's why Abraham is called the father of our faith. He's an amazing man. Uh, He takes out and Lot goes with him. He's just kind of tagging along apparently. Uh, so the Bible says that they go along in, in their herds, they're, they're agricultural, they're ranchers, they have herds of animals, and, and they begin to grow so big, you know how long it takes for animals to, uh, to breed and therefore multiply. It, it probably had taken quite a while, but at the same time, the, there was prosperity between these guys to the point where the Bible says that the herds grew so big that they could not stay together because the men that are working under them begin to argue there's not enough grass to feed the animals. So here's what I want you to see. It says in verse 8, Abraham says, says to Lot, he says, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herds and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? In other words, Come on, we, we can look around and see. We're relatives. We got this whole land. Why, we, let's not argue. Now, I want you to see this because there's a perspective difference and that makes all the difference of the story. The perspective difference is from Lot's perspective versus Abraham's. He said, let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Now, Lot is hearing, and he's going, that sounds good. But, but if he would have realized, here is a, a man that his prosperity, his blessing is linked to his uncle. I, when I read this, I think Lot should have said, are you kidding me? Uncle, I'm not going anywhere. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not going to. You know, last week we talked about I'm not selling. He should have said, Lot, I'm not buying. I'm not going to buy that fact. My men will not quarrel anymore and whatever you say goes because I know that my prosperity has increased because I'm with you. The blessing is on your life. But it says in verse verse 10, it says, watch this, Lot looked around and saw. Okay, 
today's message is look around. Uh, But here's what I don't want you to do is what Lot did. He began to look with selfish motives and it says that he looks around and saw that the whole plain of Jordan towards Zor was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. He said this was before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. So Lot looks towards Sodom and Gomorrah and it is beautiful. It's lush. To him, he's thinking, that's what I want. He says to himself, if you're going to go to the right and I'm going to go to the left, then I'm going to choose the one that has the most grass and looks the best for me. Now watch this. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east. The two men parted company. Abraham lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents toward Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. This is where Lot has put himself. Because of the prosperity, he thinks that it's going to continue even without his uncle Abraham. But this is what happens. That's the scene with Lot, but here's the scene with Abraham. It says, The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, Look around. Again, look around is the title of this message. God says, look around. See, what you don't see, I see. And if the Holy Spirit, my Holy Spirit is residing in you, John Miller, or the people of our church, look around and see for yourself. He says, look around from where you are to the north and the south, to the east and to the west, all the land that you see, I will give you and your offspring forever. Now watch this. He goes even further and says, I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, in another translation it says sand, if anybody could count the sand, then your offspring offspring could be counted, but they can't. Go walk through the length and the breadth of the land for I'm giving it to you. Boy, talk about a promise. Here's the prosperity of God, and he's been on, the prosperity's been on Abraham because his herds are growing, and it's not just a, ooh, you're blessed, but he could see it. People could see it. The people of his household are growing. The animals are growing. That's money that's growing. The prosperity is obvious. Now, now here's what I want you to see is to put yourself in this place. His nephew is going to the well-watered plains with all the grass and all the prosperity looking on the outside. But the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit in us can tell us, no, no, it looks good, but that's not where you need to go. For Abraham, I'm wondering, here he is. And he's looking and he's going, well, mine isn't as good as it looks over there. And, And I wonder if he ever wanted the well-watered plains, the, the green grass, the place that Lot chose. But see, in that moment, and here's what I'm speaking to you today, you might be in a place where you go, you know what? I missed it. You, you might be in a, even in a place that says, I'm not tall enough, I'm not short enough, I'm not big enough, I'm not skinny enough, I'm not educated enough, whatever it is that you're not enough. But you might be in a place that you missed an opportunity. Maybe you even made a mistake. And wherever and whatever you're at right now, you're saying, ah, I just, I, it's hard for me to believe that God has something for me. And if the Holy Spirit has spoke to us that the power of God resides in us, then today is a new day. 
And God can direct you in the way that he wants you to go. And it's always for the best for us. Now, now here's what I want you to see is it's in that desert that God reminds him of his promises. It's the hot place. It is the dry place. It is a desert. What is the desert? It's a place where it seems like, man, I don't want to be. But God takes him every time that Lot be, or Abraham begins to go, you know what, God, am I in the right place? Am I at the right time? Am I doing what I should be? I'm getting older. I don't have a son. All those questions. And God says, reach down and in the desert and grab some of that sand. Can you count the sand that you see? That's the number, if you could count it, of your offspring. And he's out there, and, and if you're ever out into the desert, the, the wide open places, and some of you might can relate to this, it's different than in the city. But when you get outside of the city lights, you can look up, and it looks like the stars are lighting it up. It, it, it looks like the, the, the sky has holes in it, and, and lights coming through them, just all the stars in the universe. And God, in that desert place, reminds him, twinkle, twinkle, little star. In other words, you look at all those stars twinkling up there, and that's the number of your offspring, if you could count them. Now, now when you begin to meditate on this, I want, I want you to think about it. Because when you look around and allow the Holy Spirit to show you and then remind you of what he has in your life, now, I'm, I'm talking about what is right under your feet. What we're talking about, a treasure field. We're, we're talking about not selling out. We're not talking, or we're talking about the, the, the price of the value that so, much, so many times goes unknowingly to us. Therefore, the valuation is so low that we're ready to give it up. Lot didn't value what he had and look for prosperity in Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, maybe you have heard the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, but, but I want you to realize what happened. See, everything seemed to be going good. If you would have saw the Facebook post of Lot during that time, you would have saw that he put up camp just outside of the city limits. I mean, he would have been taking pictures and in the background would have been Sodom and Gomorrah and his family smiling and they have a lot of food around the table and they're out in the camp and the tents and everything are out there and they're looking and they're going, we're having a great time out here. And I'm sure that you would have looked at Lot's pictures and maybe become a little bit envious about where he was in his life. And if you would have waited a couple more weeks and months, you would have saw a Facebook post of Lot and his family, and now they were not outside the city. Lot would not have had Sodom and Gomorrah in the background of the selfie picture. But he would have been actually at the city gates. And the elders of Sodom and Gomorrah, the people that were there, the older men, he would have taken a selfie with them, and it would have been checked in at the gates of Sodom and Gomorrah. See, he's moving closer to where it was not a good place for him and his family. And then you would have seen a picture of him actually in a house. 
And maybe you were wondering, where is he? Because now he's bought a house. Man, he's got it going on. Outside, it looks like it's going good. You might have been in a different place. Maybe Abraham's place where you thought, man, God, I'm out here in the desert. I don't see, I don't visibly see something physical manifesting in my life. In other words, I want to see the blessings of God in my life. I don't want to just hear about them. I can see them in Lot's life. And you would have saw maybe a selfie picture or maybe a picture of his, his children, his two daughters, and they would have been standing by men and the caption would have read on Facebook, future son-in-laws. And you would have looked at that and you might have become envious and thought, well, my children aren't married and, and they, they're good-looking guys and what's up with that? How, how, could, how could Lot? He wasn't all that good. But see, you would have not known and you wouldn't have been aware of all the wickedness that was going on in Lot's life because you're comparing yourself. You have fallen into the mindset of the culture that would be around you. Instead of transforming your thinking in the way that God has for you. You would have saw all those pictures and you would have missed the fact that he was not in a good place. The, the Bible tells us that angels went to Sodom and Gomorrah in order to get Lot and his family out of there because it was about ready to be destroyed. And, and I wonder if when, when the angels came, if, if you would have saw maybe another picture of him with two men that looked pretty amazing and they're sitting at his table and you what is he doing now? But, but see, here's what's happening. The angels around the table are saying, this is what's going to happen. Destruction is going to fall on this place. What you have valued a lot, you have missed. You need to get your family out. Do you know that the Bible says that when Lot told his future son-in-laws that he was going to leave and out, it said they thought he was joking. Now, the only way that they thought he was joking is he was not living in a way that was typical of a believer. And they were not interested in leaving, even though the wickedness of that story and all the things that went on and all took place into that situation, that the angels finally pull Lot and tell him, come on, let's go. So his wife and his two children, everything that he thought, all the prosperity, all the things he had to leave, just to leave with his life and his family's life. Probably the most famous part of the story is that, see, you can get people out of Sodom and Gomorrah, but it's harder to get Sodom and Gomorrah out of them. See, we're looking around at what other people have, and we're not valuing that the Holy Spirit is in us, and we're not valuing living in the place where God has for us. The Bible says that as they left, his wife turns around and looks, which was told not to happen, don't do it. And as the city is being destroyed, the wife of Lot turns into a pillar of salt. The Bible says that Lot and his daughters leave and and what follows with him having incest with his daughters after beginning or to becoming drunk and and how that those children produce into enemies that will eventually come against Israel it's just a mess 
And what I want you to see today is that what a lot of people put in value is not value. And if you would just stay the course with what God has given you and value what's right under your feet, you'll begin to see as time elapses that God had you in the right place. This morning, when I look at that story, I think that Abraham might have went, I'm glad I didn't choose that for my life and my family. You know, sometimes it's it's obvious, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty, and we begin to think back and we go, I'm glad that I did this. And a lot of times we look back and go, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But here's what I want to just kind of leave you with is so many times there's an opportunity that if we're we're in line with God that he'll bring about something that we would not have chosen if we're listening and we're more than just a listener but a doer it's told of Walt Disney and if you know anything about Walt Disney you know that he is a very creative man and 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 the story goes with a man named Art Linkletter and maybe you've heard that show if you're old enough that says that Children or kids say the darndest things. The host of that show was Art Linkletter. And Art Linkletter was a, a young man that was growing in, in popularity as an actor. And one day he, he met Walt Disney on a, a ship. And, and they were going to Europe for vacation. And, and both of them kind of struck up a relationship. And over the course of time kind of met and did some things with their families together. And one day Art Linkletter told, or uh, Walt Disney called Art and said, hey, I'd like to take you on a drive. And so they got in a car and Walt Disney drove him out to Orange County. And he says, I want to show you where I'm going to build Disneyland. And Art Linkletter said, okay. And so he knew that he was creative and he wanted to see this. And the story goes that he drove him out and and they passed these little villages, almost little houses and little uh, areas. And and then they finally came to a field and it was a huge field of acres and acres. And, And he said, this is where I'm going to build Disneyland. And he began to go through it. He says, right there, I want you to imagine because right there is going to be the Disneyland Railroad. He says, there's going to be Main Street right down through here. There's going to be Sleeping Beauty's Castle and over there, Adventureland. He says there's going to be Frontierland and Fantasyland over there. He says there's going to be Tomorrowland off to the side right there. And it says that he could see all that before it happened. And he said, this is what I want you to do. Art, he says, I'm going to build this big thing and I want to include you. And and Art Art Linkletter said, I don't know if I want to be included in that. He's going to have some roller coasters and some little things, merry-go-rounds. And I, I don't really, I'm not really interested, but he heard him out. He said, Art, he said, it's going to be big. He said, I, I can see it. Can you look around and picture this? Art said, all I could see was a cow pasture with some dirt clods. He said, Art, it's going to be big. All these things are going to be here. He said, now, all the money I have, all the money is going to put it in, I'm going to put it in Disneyland. But I'm going to, I want to ask you, why don't you buy up all the land around it? Because in just a few years, just a few years, your money is going to turn into a fortune. Art thought, made up a little excuse. 
And he thought, I'm too smart to get involved in that. Art would later say it was a big regret that he didn't believe that that could ever be. When all of Disneyland was completed, he, Walt Disney, asked Art Linkletter to be the host, to, to host the grand opening. And he said he stood there and he had been able to invite a, a friend to come and help. He invited a, a young actor named Ronald Reagan. And he said, as I stood on the pulpit and, and, or the stage and began to kind of introduce what Walt Disney had uh, created in Disneyland with Ronald Reagan, and we were there, he, he said, I realized that I missed it. I just simply couldn't see it as clear as the creator, Walt Disney. Now this morning, in conclusion... I want you to begin looking around right where you are. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, reveal to me or reveal to me again all that you have blessed me with. That I can take what I have, what's in my hand, and multiply it more over than I could even think or imagine. I know that you can bring even more a blessing into my life. I don't want to do the lot thing and just chase after what the world says and and fall into the culture of that thinking. But I want to come up to another level of maturity in you, God. And I want to do something great for you. As I end this message this morning, I want to ask you just to do some homework after you turn this recording off. I want you to do something as a blessing, because there's a lot of our family that look and go, I'm blessed, yeah. But I want you to bless them. I want you to be the blesser. I want you to bless maybe your husband. Maybe you're there and bless your wife. Maybe your children. Take them to the park. Do, do something with them today. Uh, maybe you could make them dinner. That's right, husband. You could make her dinner. You could give her a foot massage. Oh, watch out. Maybe not. But whatever it is, I want you to be a blessing and begin to look. Maybe at a at something that you haven't valued in a while and say, you know what? I believe that the Holy Spirit can reveal to me something great in that. I'm going to end with our time of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now this week is verse 14, and I'm going to quickly say it. It says, someone living on... uh, Someone living... Now we're talking about the Holy Spirit residing in us, as we've talked about and how... uh, we need to be aware that the Bible says that no mind can conceive, no eye has seen, no ears heard, all the things that God has prepared for those that love Him. Now watch this. But we have, because we have the Spirit of God in us. We're able to see it. But then it goes on to say this in verse 14. Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's Spirit. For they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. Those who live in the Spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things and they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but God. Now listen to the last verse. 
For who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord Yahweh well enough to become his counselor? Christ has, and we possess Christ's perceptions. Because the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, Yahweh's Spirit resides in us, we have the perceptions of Jesus. We can see our family, we can see our friends, we can see our church, we can see our job. Maybe you'll call your boss today and say, you know what, I just appreciate you so much. See, people that are not aware of the Holy Spirit living in them, they will even sometimes be aware. They will look at you and they will accuse you of when the blessings begin to come, he must be doing something wrong. He has wrong motives. And really what they're doing is they're judging you out of their own thoughts. That's why it says, listen to that again. Those who live in the Spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things and they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but God. So this morning, as we end this message, I want you to realize that even when people look at you and become envious of you, that you stay the course because the Holy Spirit has put you in the right place at the right time. I love you very much. Thank you for joining us today. I hope to see you soon.